Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E show Bates Motel. Tonight, we are starting off with Season 5, Episode 1, Dark Paradise. We are doing, um, well, this will be the feedback episode. I'm Em. And I'm Sue. All right. I said M that time. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Yay! Yay! Bates is back. So excited. It is. It's so bittersweet. But so bittersweet. Really exciting. But, yeah. Yeah. Excited. Hope everyone had a good break. Yeah. We did. It was quick. It was. I couldn't. It even, went by a lot quicker. Man, when the uh, when it's the break started, I thought I couldn't even fathom waiting until March, which we only had to wait till February. But oh, it went fast. It went fast. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, nothing too exciting happened. Well, my husband and I bought a new house and moved. That happened during the break. Yeah, my dog died. I got a new one. It, yeah. <laughs> Emily and I went to California a couple of weeks ago with our brother Matt and sister Cat, and we almost got attacked by a great white shark. <laughs> Seven foot one. <laughs> yeah, so good times. It yeah. counts. It counts, Em. Even though the shark showed up four days after we were at the beach, it counts. He was there. <laughs> Somewhere out there right then. He was there. <laughs> yeah. Who knows how close? <laughs> we're referring we're referring to a uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, a fisherman caught a seven foot great white shark off a pier we were standing on a few days before, <laughs> and had gotten in the water, but not as much as we would have if the weather hadn't been so bad. Yep. So. And my little scout would have been in the water too. Yep crazy pretty close call for us almost got attacked (laughs) (laughs) but on another note they had closed down for a few weeks the shark the jaws thing at the universal studios (laughs) that we gone to that sue bravely went to i bravely went on the tour finally and the jaws part was closed i couldn't have been happier (laughs) we saw the jaws up on a like a flatbed truck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was still scary. <laughs> Fake looking mechanical thing. <laughs> we should have taken a picture of it. Anyway, we also saw the psycho house. That was fun. And yeah. took some pictures. They're on our Facebook page. We brought some candy corn and a sandwich. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if you're just starting with our podcast, um, we're just going to give you a little quick rundown. Yes, an intro. Uh, We're sisters, and we podcast about Bates. We also run a virtual Bates Motel and B&B in which our guests can check in and out. Yep. And you can do that, too, if you want. We can find your room. 
And we'll kind of go through that a little bit next week. We're a little ill-prepared for that. We are. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) I left it on my work computer. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Um, Should we just get started? Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about Bates being back. Totally. Yep. So we hope everyone had a good break, and we are happy to be back in the Bates world. We are. Oh, I have one more thing for new people. If you don't like giggling, get out now. Right away. Because we laugh, and we make ourselves laugh, and we make each other laugh. <laughs> we do. We grew up together. Yep. <laughs> we <laughs> we make each other laugh, so deal. <laughs> or to go, you can... You can after buzz it. It's all sure. good. We don't care, really. Nope. But we are happy for you that stick around. And Not only do you stick around, but you laugh with us and you make us laugh. We have the, the funniest uh, listeners Feed. on the planet. We do. The feedback always makes me laugh. Yes. So, Let's get all right. It. Yeah. Speaking of feedback, you want to start with uh, Juliet? I do. Oh, and while Emily's doing that, I am on the downslope of a flu, so I'm going to try and mute every time I cough or sneeze, but if one sneaks in, sorry. As long as you don't do it while I'm talking or you're talking, I can edit it out. Okay. (laughs) We'll see how it goes, because sometimes (laughs) they just sneak up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Julia, who resides in the B&B in our Razor Clam room, she says... Hi, Em and Sue. Unfortunately, due to the surrealism of having watched the 10th to last Bates Motel episode ever. That's a pessimistic way to look at it. (laughs) This is the first episode of the season. Last season, but. She's right, though. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She says, combined with my recent lack of both energy and time to write a proper comment card. I will be keeping it short this week. I would like to point out that this came to us about, and I'm not kidding you, 20 20 minutes after the episode aired. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a funny detail to me with her comments. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't have time to write a proper comment card. Okay. Uh, Sexy Sam. So she's... Under the impression that the man, I'm guessing, the man that checked in is Sam Loomis. And I think she's on the right track. Oh, the guy from The Walking Dead? He's on The Walking Dead. The one that got one of the room for just a few hours? Yeah. Yeah, that was Spencer on The Walking Dead. He was a douche. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it looks like he's going to be a douche here, too. Yeah. Was Sam Loomis a douche in the movie? I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember. Okay, Uh, the adorable Madeline Loomis, who has a cheating husband, which is too bad. Um, Yes, she was adorable. And the second I met her, I thought, oh, dear. I know. (laughs) She looked too much like Mother to Live. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She was so adorably retro. Yep. And had an adorable, if not... uh, I'll have more to say about her hardware store soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was an adorable shop. Yes. Not very practical to me. 
No. But we'll talk about it. Uh, Twitty Norman. As in, he was acting like a twit? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Uh, Gross Caleb. Mm, Yeah. Always. Fair. (laughs) Um, No chick. Boo. She says that this season on trailer, though. Tee hee hee. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Um, Hashtag Bates Baby. That was a surprise, except that was in my fan fiction. Yes, it was. I'd like to point out my fan fiction's coming true already. Yep. Baby girl. Uh, Row, row, row your boat. Nice little... uh, Pilot callback. Yes. And then she says, the end. As always, I'm eagerly awaiting your and everyone else's thoughts on the episode. Till next week, Julia in the Razor Clam Room. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Julia. Don't let me forget, we have a Twitter feedback. Oh, okay. I like Julia's uh, subject, Dark Paradise Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. As I pointed out on Facebook, it is like the most goth name ever. (laughs) (laughs) Dark Paradise. All right. You want to read, Laura? I will. So the next one is from Lara, who I believe resides in the Normaro Inn. Um, And her subject is, be careful, Alex Romero. (laughs) And she says, hi, so glad Bates is back. I tried to hold out and watch with my mother, but I couldn't. It seems silly to be awake when it's airing and not watching. (laughs) I'm not even (laughs) going to pretend that I tried to have any self-control. Anyway. I wouldn't have either. I know. I've seen this episode twice, and I'm just so happy that the hiatus is over. Sorry if this is all over the place, but I'm trying to send this before bed. Nothing feels more comforting than experiencing Norma and her dramatics again. I'm glad that head Norma is even more irrational than Psy alive Norma. (laughs) Me too. I was quite pleased. I I love head Norma. Um, Vera Varmiga looked so stunning in this episode, which is a given, obviously. It almost made me forget about her creepy, pasty, blue clued eyes from last season. <laughs> I will never not be haunted by this in- image. And I'm sure we have many more devastating Norma in the freezer moments coming our way. Hmm. Um, on my second viewing, I couldn't help but imagine what others could see in the scenes with Norma and Norman. I even winced at how painful it must have been for Norman to carry the body up the steep basement steps himself He's so skinny and small. (laughs) And when they both carried the body down the steps, all I could see was Norman struggling and basically dragging the body by its feet, roughly from step to step. Poor corpse. (laughs) (laughs) For real. I would have loved just one little flash of Norma not there. Because I had the exact same thoughts. Like, she's doing this alone, and Uh that's dead weight, dead body, you know. Frozen dead body. Frozen dead body. (laughs) Hey, frozen body. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's probably quite practical though it like there's less blood to drip around true and it'd be less like floppy yeah so maybe yeah, maybe if you're gonna have to carry a corpse around freeze at first <laughs> 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 so but yeah I wish I wish they would have done just a quick kind of like what they did with the rowboat and stuff just seeing Norman doing it alone mm-hmm. yeah they did quite a bit not as much as I would have liked, actually, but yeah, did it same. quite a bit. 
I would have loved to have seen like when she grabs his ear and like pulls him <laughs> up the stairs. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. This golden comment from my mother may amuse you. The second time Norma laid out the delicious food for Norman, she said, I bet he wished it looked like that. I bet he's just sat there with a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) See, like my mother has jumped on the sandwich lookout for the final season. (laughs) I had a lot, especially I, I watched this three times. Mm -hmm. And on my third time, I was so obsessed with what's actually going on as opposed to what we see. And one of them, I just want to know, is he like, clinking a fork against an empty plate or does he have like some moldy food there what's going on i'm guessing he's got to be eating something and laura's mom is right it's probably just a sandwich or something but he's imagining one of norma's great meals you know yeah i just i feel more to me that there's nothing there and then when the food's over and it's like an hour later and he's like I'm a little hungry. He just goes and gets himself a little snack, and he's just kind of being sustained on snacks, thinking he's eating these ginormous meals, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I hope we get more insight. It's very, I'm very singularly minded about it. (laughs) I think I find it very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing we get more insight as the season progresses. I, I'm sure we will. Yeah, we've got to. Um, she says, how creepy and amazing was it when Norman left the house and it showed us that the kitchen was in disarray, instantly gloomy and cold and looking like the light, the lighting completely changed. I love that they randomly switched to reality to show us how things really are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I just love like the soft lighting that they use when Norma's there, and yeah, this is great. It is. Um, she says, "Right, so young Norma lookalike is dead." As soon as I saw the blonde <laughs> hair and cute flowery dress, right, goodbye. Thanks for the yellow paint samples. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With you. Uh, this whole exchange, Norman. Mother, do you ever have the feeling that you've had the same nightmare over and over again? Mother, nope. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Mother had some of the best. (laughs) Oh, she was the best. (laughs) Yeah, not your wallet. (laughs) Um, Yep, that's not your wallet. (laughs) Uh, David Davidson, like my mother said. He could have just said his last name was Brown or Smith. <laughs> yeah. He just knew. Yeah, he was a douche. Yeah, and I didn't put it together that he was the husband of the hardware store girl. guess I could have easily made that connection. Well, but. I guess if you didn't think about it. Um, I didn't. It's the girl he brought was so... Um, hidden by the hidden. umbrella. Yes. So it's Marion. It's just something you had to kind of put together. And I assume if you went on any sort of, which we did not, any sort of uh, 
social media or I assume that there's been articles about like this guy being cast and it probably has his name. His name's probably on IMDb as Sam Loomis. Oh, gotcha. Um, there's some stuff in the preview for next time that we're, we're, we can only talk about in a spoiler section because it was super spoily. I did not see it. Oh, my word. Maybe yeah. we won't talk about it and leave you unspoiled. I don't know. Okay. We'll discuss it if you want. I, it's going to be kind of part of Harold's feedback, so you might just have Spoils to... Spoils? That doesn't oh, yeah. bother me. Okay. We'll I would have watched it. I just didn't see where to watch it. It, it started on live TV. It started like the second... I mean, before any sort of credit happened. Like, you know how it like right. goes to the black credits? Right. It went to this. And it's just oh, like wow. a, this season on Bates. Oh. And it's... I'll give you one hint. It tells you who we know now exactly who sees Norman in the wig and Norma. Oh. And then some other things that Harold talks about. I already read his feedback. I read some of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll anyway. we'll do a little spoiler. Um Yeah. Um Yeah, so I think a lot of us knew it was Sam just from that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I didn't think it was Sam. I didn't realize that was Marion either. <laughs> yeah, well, if you weren't thinking about it and you weren't, um, like I said, on social media or anything, you probably just would think he was, it was just there for Norman to have his little Norman time. and. <laughs> <laughs> Norman got some Norman time, that's for sure. <laughs> he sure did. Um, okay. She says, um, I'm not sure what I was focusing on in my first watch, but I missed Norman buckling his belt back up and panting heavily after his little peep show experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was having I Norman caught that time. on. Yes, he was. I caught that on first watch. <laughs> he did too. <laughs> But there are some things I missed because I my first watch I tweet and stuff and I'm on Twitter so my first watch I missed some things that's why I watch it like immediately a second time with like zero distraction right right and then I watch it a third time like the next day for podcasting purposes that's my routine <laughs> get to know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura says uh okay listen. Romero has a picture of Norma in his cell, and my heart can't handle it. <laughs> oh. I love this. Listen. <laughs> that makes me laugh. My mother had I so many you. Emma Dillon baby feels, but I still don't care. It's nice. Take me back to the Bates house. Thanks. The end. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest um, Emma Dillon baby feel is that, okay, well, now you can't kill them. You give them a baby, they can't kill them. Right. What, I'm, how's it going to end? It's going to make it so much worse when he does. <laughs> yeah, you just you just totally amp the ante like a thousand percent. <sighs> Way to go, Carlton and Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep them alive. They're getting out of this. <laughs> you can take Romero, but they're getting out of this. <laughs> they have a baby now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who's going to raise a baby? Chick? Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> I would totally let Chick do it over Caleb. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I would choose Chick for sure. <laughs> uh, Lara says, also my brother referred to Cable. Caleb as Norma's ex-husband. Oh, <laughs> we three love so hard. And she was very confused when I responded with, Beverly, that's Dunkel. <laughs> it's worth noting that every time I explain to her what Dunkel stands for, she laughs, rolls her eyes at me, and acts like I came up with it on the spot in a moment of quick with it's spontaneity. <laughs> she will forget this during my next week, and we will repeat this whole thing again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is the perfect mom moment. <laughs> that is exactly what would happen if we were watching this with our mom. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm glad we can live vicariously through you. Yes. <laughs> so we can't have moments like this with our mother anymore. Nope. But, yep, barely. I love it. That is just, that is hilarious. And I like that you call her Beverly, like, like Dylan called Norman mother, or Norma, Norma. Yes. <laughs> you got it all wrong. I did. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Laura says, uh, Norman shouldn't be, shouldn't have said the hardware woman was a nice girl. Nice girl to Norma means whore who is trying to steal you from me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They're all nice girls, Norma. <laughs> That's what you've called them all. Yep. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how they explain the fact Norman not only sees Norma alive and in bed with him, but also visits her dead body in the freezer moments later. Yeah, that's... We got some insight on that from Carrie Aaron on an Entertainment Weekly interview. Oh. So I figured we might as well get Carrie Aaron's explanation. Okay. And since Laura's intrigued, I assume other people are. I was. Because, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, And it's it is. hard to kind of figure out on our own. Yeah, because there's so many different, like, dynamics. I mean, he hallucinates her. He goes and visits her. He dresses like her. It's like different levels of, I don't know, some... <laughs> Whatever he has. <laughs> yeah, and Psycho did too. The movie right. was confusing too about what's going on. Um, but I find the parallels really fun. Okay. Okay, so this article says, Norman also had to be psychologically carved out this season. She's talking about the writing process uh. and what they had to do this season. She says it's no small task as he is living in different realities simultaneously and making it work, at least at the start. Here is a guy who knows something is wrong with him, knows he is blacking out, believes he is living with his mother on some level, but at the same time, it doesn't quite feel like his mother. And the part of him that can't acknowledge her death and his responsibility in killing her and failing to kill himself just stumbles on in a misty denial where reality goes in and out like a faulty light bulb. Um, I'm going to skip a little. She talks about how they kind of have like a bad marriage right. <laughs> relationship. Uh, kind of like, 
you go to work, talk about the great weekend you had, and it seems great from the outside, and all the pieces are in place for happiness, but there's moments of clarity late at night when you know in your heart that you're isolated and it's not going to work, but it's too painful to think about, so you put it away and right. and live in the fantasy that you're kind of trying to sell everybody. I think that happens a lot. Um, so it says that this is what we based the psychology on for Norman's understanding of his situation. The fact that sometimes Norman can go in the freezer and see Norma in there. Those are his moments of painful clarity. But he can also shove it away and walk away and go back to the denial in order to survive the pain. So, basically, he's living mostly in that denial world. Right. But something feels a little off. It's just not quite right to him. And late at night... Like we saw. Right, right. That makes perfect gets, sense. Yeah, and it gets scary and real to him, and he just goes down there and knows on some dark level that she is actually dead, and he can go visit her. And I I assume after doing that, his brain, like the Norma part of him... I also wrote down, I might as well say it now, another part, which makes a lot of sense from the psycho movie point of view. It says, like, talking about Mother, she doesn't know everything, but she can control a lot. Her one rule, and we based everything on this, is that she is a being created by Norman as a child to protect him from situations that overwhelm him emotionally. So I'm guessing, on that end, when he goes down there and has a moment of clarity and visits Norm in the freezer, that Mother probably kicks in and he probably turns into mother after a little while and then right. goes back upstairs to bed. Right. And all is well again. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate sister Norma. Yep. Well that I like that explanation. It's good to hear it from like a creator of the show. Like Yes. I like her analogy of like the flickering light bulb. Yeah. You can kinda that makes a lot of sense. So that. So I hope that clears up a little for you, Laura. And you know, yeah, and her mentioning, you know, his failed, his failure in killing himself. I kind of forgot about that. Uh-huh. That he wanted to die with her and didn't. Yes. And so. Yeah, that was the that's big. big you know, interesting. Cool. And adds just a different twist from the movie. It really does. You know, just enough of a twist to kind of make his psychological disorder a little different. Yeah. Which I am good. I mean, you know, I'm a movie purist, but I also give the show a lot of slack for making their own story. Right, right. And I respect the way they're doing it so much and they're doing it so well that I give it all that slack. Totally. Absolutely. I agree. At this point, my biggest problem honestly, is that she's frozen down there. Yeah. One, I don't like the dynamics of the fact that he actually installed a walk-in freezer in the basement. That just sounds so expensive and impractical to me for a taxidermist. (laughs) And we built so long on this taxidermy thing only to have him freeze her? Yeah, I... 
I agree. They're going to have to do like that. a little explanation on how in the world did he get that walk-in freezer built in there? Because I... It just seems so impractical. Totally impractical. And, and for a while, watching it until I actually read that article, so my first time, I thought, you know, I wonder if that's a walk-in refrigerator. Because there's flowers next to her, and they looked good. So I thought... Maybe she's just being refrigerated, and maybe she is, like, maybe he tried to taxidermy her, but it was too big of a job, so he's, like, keeping her cool. That's what I'm wondering, is if he just can't do it yet, doesn't have the heart to do it, or the skill level yet. Yeah, I'm actually keeping it open that he does taxidermy her, because it's just so weird to me that they built up since, like, episode one of the show that he's interested in taxidermy and he's been doing it all. And it's because in the movie she's taxidermied. Right. And now she's just frozen. Yeah. That's my one beef. It's not a huge deal. I'm willing to go with it. Right. But boy, I wish they would have. And I'm, I'm wondering if it was just too horrific. Maybe this is just a little something they compromised for production and stuff. Maybe. Or thinking it would just really turn people off? Possibly. Human taxidermy? Although, by the way, they ended last year with eyeballs and stuff. Right. I'm like, well, they'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> They're willing to go. Yeah. I don't know. I still feel like he's going to do it in the end. I think he's just preserving her because he just can't get himself to do it yet or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm really keeping it all. Like, maybe he day. has to just get a little deeper into his mental illness to get to that point, you know? Like, the reality yeah, maybe. shift needs to be more unreality. I don't know. We did get that line early last season that talks about where he says he has to freeze. Like, I think it was about the baby goat, that it has to be frozen in order to... Right. Because that's Properly when he needs the, the skin. <laughs> yeah, that's when he told her he needed that chest freezer. So, yeah, let's get back to Laura's email. Okay. Um, she says my mother jumped out of her skin and had a look of absolute shock while she pleaded no at me, like I could help her somehow. When Norma appeared behind the car, and if I ever meet <laughs> Carrie Aaron, I would like to personally thank her. For making me almost cough my Diet Coke everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. Yes. Um, Norma. No, I'm not checking your computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with how this show continues to put lovely, beautiful, old-timey songs with terrible, upsetting, terrifying scenes this time. This time at last by Etta James. Yeah, that was... They did really good music cues. They really did. Lots of old-timey songs in this episode. Yep. Three or four. Three at least. Maybe four. Yeah. That was a song that I danced to at my wedding, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't find them ruining anything for me. Just enriching. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Now I can look at it last even fonder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Norma looks so giddy to be in the boat with Norman. She's so happy. <laughs> She's happy to be out of the house. 
<laughs> she loved looking at nature again. Yep. Um, I almost forgot how anxious the show makes me every time Norma and Norman lock eyes for more than a second. Now that Norma's dead, I'm just expecting for them to lean in for all the smooches. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that vibe. I guess I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what they do with all that. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> nothing's stopping him. Although, yeah. Norma might. He doesn't control her very well. No, but he <laughs> might. The more he does this, the more control he might take. And Probably. who knows where it will go. <laughs> Um, she says, did you spot the used lipsticks on the vanity? No, I'm I so didn't. ready for Norman to go full Norma. <laughs> I did not either, but I spotted the bras and stockings and lingerie on the yes. drying rack. So I got very excited, and then I started wondering if that was just not the reality. That was like the food. Oh. <laughs> An embarrassment of riches of lingerie is actually none. Oh, you might be like right. Like if it would have flashed to the bathroom, it would have been nothing there. Yeah, you might Sorry be right. Sorry to bring you down because yeah, I was really excited about it. <laughs> but the lipsticks, I love that. Yep. Because we know we were seeing reality there. Yes. Yeah, I was so excited. I was like, he's wearing her bra stockings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think you might be right. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. It was so idealistic and old-timey. That's true. That's true. And, man, there were so many pairs of hose. <laughs> I know! There was, like, eight or nine of them. <laughs> and I, yeah. Laura says, Norman, I mean, what am I going to do? Go in a closet? <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura ends with, this was all over the place, so I apologize. But what a great start to the season. Feels like the call before the storm, and considering the fact the episode had a murder and body dump, that really says something about my expectations for this season. As soon as the episode ended, I turned to my mother and said, Romero is going to find her in that freezer, isn't he? I'm not ready. Hope yeah, I'll never be ready for nope. that. Nope. Hope you all enjoyed the episode, and I was wondering, what else is there to do in the area besides small business owners meetings? I think I'll be staying at the B&B for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound very exciting, did it? Nope. Nope. Well, thanks, Lara. So glad that you and your mom got Bates back. Yeah. Can't wait to hear your mom's thoughts. <laughs> and yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take yours, too. Of course. Um... Yeah, well, there's a uh, game night at the B&B on Wednesday. Wednesday nights. Matt brings brownies. With Matt's brownies. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Harold. He's in room one of the motel. Let's see some action in that room, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Sue and M. I just found out that while I was in the village, Norman rented out my room for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to file a complaint with his mother if she ever gets up from sitting by the window and comes down to the office. <laughs> 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 he says, 
said something on Facebook about that, and I told him to relax. It was just mother, and he's like, yeah, I <laughs> I thought, boy, that gets grosser the more. <laughs> so gross. I just figured it wasn't Norman. Well, it, it was about uh, the, the people in his room and the paint or the uh, embroidery. <laughs> and I just mentioned to him that the heavy breathing he hears when he's changing, we have a fine, we have a you know simple explanation for that. And, then, and he's like, yikes. And I go, oh, relax, it's just mother. And he goes, yikes. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that gets pretty gross. <laughs> um, anyway, that just comes with room one, Harold. You knew that. Yep. <laughs> well, you didn't know everything, but you knew enough. <laughs> Um, it was, oh, and I was just thinking that, uh, well, Norman's never shown any homosexual signs. So if it's heavy breathing, it must be mother. And then I'm like, boy, that gets gross. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, moving on. (laughs) He says it was so great to have this show back. Uh, Dylan and Norman are living are living mirror image lives. Everything is almost perfect for Dylan. He's living with or married to Emma. They have a beautiful, healthy daughter. They have a fabulous home, lots of friends, and he's doing great at work. But he's not satisfied because he's separated from his family. Yeah, their house is beautiful. Did you get? It was. Did you get vibes that he wasn't satisfied? Um, kind of. Yeah. He seemed really torn about what's his name? Caleb. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't get unsatisfied vibes. I should have watched it a fourth time. With that in mind, I forgot. I didn't think about it while I was watching. Well, I think we just know the character of Dylan well enough that it's got to be bugging him that Norma doesn't know her granddaughter. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that might be where it's coming from, is just knowing this character so well. Yeah, he just, he seemed very uncomfortable. He seemed totally uncomfortable Caleb. around Caleb. Yeah. And, you know, he and Emma have probably had really intimate talks about his feelings about Caleb being his father, uncle, you know. Uh-huh. They seem like the type of couple that's pretty open and discuss things like that. Absolutely. So, because, yeah, you could see it right away. As soon as she opened the door, they were both like, oh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it almost seemed like in 18 months it was the first bubble Total, burst it off. Absolutely. Yep. Of their little isolated, perfect life. Yep. The Seattle bubble. Uh huh. Stay in there, Dylan. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> Just kick Caleb out and think of it no longer. Don't answer your phone if it's Chick or Caleb <laughs> in the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or Norman. <laughs> Or Norman. 
Um, I have a feeling Norman is the last one to get him back in. He's getting back in. I just don't think it's going to be from I don't think Norman. so either. It's going to be Trigger Caleb. Or Romero. Yeah, I guess so. He's my third option. My first option is Caleb, I think. Caleb leaves their house and goes right to White Pine Bay. Sure. Yeah. And somehow survives long enough to call Dylan. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so this is the mirror image Norman part. Norman has everything that he thought he wanted. At least in his mind, he does. He has the run of the motel. His mother is there with him forever. And there's no Dylan or Romero or anyone else to come between them. But it's not perfect either. Like Mother, he's trapped too. Maybe he can walk around the village a bit, but he sees Madeline or the couple in the room one, and he knows on some level that he can't bring anyone into his life. Yeah, I mean, that level makes Mother tell him that he can't do it. Right. Yeah. So fascinating, the conversations he has with her. fascinating. I just ate him up. Me too. It's so fun to, like, um, the AV Club came out with an article, which I shared, I think, in the group and on my personal page on Facebook, about how this, they just kind of talked about, you could totally get into Bates Motel at this season, you know? Right. Because if you know the story of Psycho, the season should be great for that, just hopping in. And he talked about... You know, watching the last few seasons and how knowing where the story ends has really enriched the story, which is so true. I mean, when you watch Psycho, the only person I know personally that didn't know that Mother was dead the whole time was our brother Matt. And so he had the total mind blow. Right. But normally, you know. I didn't know the first time I watched. Okay. Well, I guess I mean people to watch it now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, gotcha. And it's from the 60s. So, you know, a lot of people didn't know, you know, as we discussed in our last podcast about 58 or 7852. But anyway, it's just, it really does, knowing what's actually going on and knowing the end, how it all shakes out in the end, just really does totally enrich the story. It does. And this is just one of those times, just hearing their conversations and knowing that it's him talking to himself or talking to another personality within him that's talking him down from wanting to do something. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is. I love it. I I just love it. It's such a cool window into the brain of Norman Bates, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, also... Both Dylan and Norman receive visitors who were reminders that they can't live in their bubble universes for much longer. Caleb was a reminder that Dylan's family is still out there. And Jim Blackwell was a reminder that Norman can't get away from all the dead bodies in his past. Jim Blackwell was the uh, hitman Romero seemingly hired. <laughs> I love that he did that. <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to me. Romero strikes me as the kind of guy that would want to just bide his time and do it on his own, by his own hand, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I was, I just thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Someone on um, 
Twitter said, worst hitman ever. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> he wasn't a very good one. Uh-uh. He's probably just some crooked guy from Romero's past that's not an actual professional hitman. Just willing to do it. Right. I will take a guess and assume that in the couple, that the couple in room one are Sam Loomis and Marion Crane. Do you think Madeline knew that they went to the Bates Motel for their rendezvous? Um, at this point, no. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with Madeline and her husband. I mean, it's obviously not good. Right. The only thing we get is that the store's her baby, and she kind of like shrugs him off like, no, he doesn't care about me and my interests. Right. But I didn't get like a total separate lives vibe, but maybe. Yeah, we just um, haven't been introduced. At, we're just not there yet, I don't think. Hmm. At this point, I'm inclined to think she doesn't know that the Bates, her interest in Bates Motel and the house is purely. Um, I think she's a little interested in Norman. Maybe she's lonely. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. It is. And we will see. Uh, my favorite scene was the kitchen scene with Emma and Caleb. I wasn't all that thrilled when Kenny Johnson was hired to play Caleb, but he turned out to be the perfect actor for this part. Yeah, I didn't know Kenny Johnson at all before, so I had no feelings about it whatsoever. Um, I loved how Emma stepped up and tried to protect Dylan from getting pulled back into a relationship with Caleb, even though he saved her life. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Of Emma that. is my favorite I know. She, she, Mama Bear, came out for... She did. Dylan and her baby. Like, nope. You know, thanks for giving me my lungs, but... Right, and it was a very a part sincere of family, thank you. You know? Yeah. Go Mama Bear Emma. Absolutely. It was great. Emily, Mama Bear Emily approves. <laughs> <laughs> Interest about that scene... I guess we can discuss it at a further time, but when he asked if she was scared when she was pregnant, do you think that was because Dylan's chromosomes might be compromised? <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. That's all I thought of. Oh. And then they didn't go there, and I thought, oh, I wonder if... I thought it was because of her like newly transplanted lungs like might not well, handle... It could be. And maybe that's you know, I Caleb's IQ is Yeah, not I was going to say, I don't think Caleb's high. smart enough to know that there could be a chromosome problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dylan turned out to be pretty darn great, as we've discussed. He hit the jackpot there. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. he could have ended up as the little kid fiddling on the bridge in, in what's that movie? What, the banjo-playing guy on the porch and yes. Deliverance? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, Deliverance. That could have been Dylan. <laughs> Easily. But it's not. And so he seemed to have hit some sort of genetic jackpot. Yes. But who's to say his children That's true. would be as lucky? I didn't even think about that. I was all about Emma's lungs and hmm. how... She probably should have waited a lot longer to have a baby. (laughs) Well, as she stated, it was a surprise. Yep. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I don't know. I was just wondering if anyone else thought that might have been an unspoken fear. You know, sometimes, especially in movies, I think people talk about one fear when they actually are tiptoeing around another Right, fear. right. I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, my next favorite was the dinner scene with Norman and Mother. I think that was my favorite. Yep. Although I did love Mama Bear and Emma. Um, I like that she is not just a compliment, a co- oh, sorry, not just a compliant dream mother. She's an, she is argumentative at times, like she was in the movie. It's interesting that she suggested to Norman that maybe he should go back on his meds. Yeah, you know, this stuff, not the meds part, but the movie mother stuff. You could see, like, ten years of, of that, of this. of this life that they're doing, turning in. I could finally see it, because I've always had trouble um, equating this Norma with the movie Norma. Right. But ten years of this lifestyle, Freddy, this Freddy Highmore Norman could totally turn into... The relationship he had, the Anthony Perkins Norman has in the movie. And I saw a glimpse of that for the, uh, I wouldn't say for the first time, but it became very real. Yeah, you can see how it could easily evolve into that, how she is in the movie. Yeah, I'm assuming because we're going to be ending in nine more episodes that he's not going to get a chance to have ten years. It's all going to go pretty fast, I think. Yeah. I think he only gets... Maybe 19 months tops. <laughs> but I could see it turning into it. Which was very cool. And yeah, I, I totally could see Norman suggesting, Norma suggesting that he goes back on his meds. Because he probably, in some recess of his mind, feels that way. Like, that's still an option. I could go on my meds and make all this go away. I know. it's It's funny that, like his made-up personality of his mother is kind of the more reasonable one. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, I can... I mean, it never come to pass, but it's something I think his... some dark recess of his mind contemplates. Yeah. Because he always... You know, there were little glimpses all the time in the series that he wanted to be healthy mentally and... Yes. All that. Um, it says, I wonder if they will show us whether Dr. Edwards ever followed up with Norman or if he just gave up after Norman failed to show up for appointments. I was wondering that, too. Me, too. And if I have a second beef, it's... Yes. I need to know what happened with that doctor. I would... I'd, he better I'd be a little be dead. disappointed if they drop that. He, he better be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just... At a point where he couldn't prove anything and had to just let it go. Yeah. And assume he's harmless. I really, I really, really hope that they do, like, one of the upcoming episodes has some sort of flashback where we see Dr. Edwards come to the house. Yeah. Because that was, the, like, that was one of the contingencies of being released was that he saw him, like, three times a week. Yeah. And this is, this is a psychiatrist that saw a legit dangerous... Yes personality disorder yes so and he was a good doctor i don't think he would just totally let it go i 
honestly, if I, my guess is that he does show up and Norman kills him. And he's just another one of Norman's bodies. Because I just don't see how he could let it go, especially if he finds out Mother's dead, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that it was a... I feel like he had enough of a grasp of the situation and on Norma that it would have been um, Norman that did it. Right. Not a suicide. Right. Attempted murder-suicide. I think he'd believe it was the Norma and not... I mean, the Norman end, not the Norma end. Right. So I do hope if they... I'll be really disappointed if they just let that go. Agreed. I loved the puns in this episode. My favorite was when Norman was in the middle of things and Mother called to ask what he was doing and he said, I'm coming. I feel like (laughs) Mother's saying, a mentally ill boy and a dead woman. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. Yep. Um, I was wondering if the couple in room one could hear through that hole in the wall when the phone rang. Maybe, although I don't think they would have been like, boy, that sounded too close. Yeah, because the sound would have gone through the embroidery plus, yeah, yeah. I think they might have heard the phone ring, but think nothing of it because it's just the offices. Or if they heard it, it was just through a shared wall. Mm-hmm. Not much, and probably didn't, yeah, strike him as weird. Okay, and then he says, this you may want to say for your spoiler section, and we are going to do that. So, thanks, Harold. We'll get back to that later as we discuss the um, the next time on Bates stuff that Sue actually hasn't seen yet. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Okay. Next one is from Daniel in the Dream Lover Room. Daniel is our Norma and Norman shipper. For anyone who's new to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says, hey, Evan Sue. So good to be back with one last season of the always underrated Bates Motel and the dearest podcast ever uploaded. Yes, mother. Aw. Aw. That's so sweet. Yes. Uh, Overall, this episode was an interesting peek into just how far things have deteriorated. The increasingly fragmentary state of Norman's mind is aptly mirrored by gloomy shots of the Bates house in total disarray. His blackouts are worse and the dishes aren't getting done. So I guess I would have thought Norman or Mother would have been working double time to make sure the house was always clean and neat. I have to say I agree. I was a little surprised at how Norman always seemed like a pretty clean guy to me. Yeah, I mean, his Like a bed maker and stuff. Yeah, his room has always been neat as a pin. Yeah, so I was a little surprised that he's just another sloppy teenager. (laughs) Well, there's a little explanation on that. Oh. You want to hear it? Sure. (laughs) I mean, is him doing it all just too much reality? Uh, Yeah, you know, you would think the mother side of him would see the mess and clean. Right. When he's in his blackouts, I would guess a lot of the time is spent cleaning. Even if he's not, though, like you said, he's always seemed like a very neat teenage boy. Right. Uh, I can finish this paragraph while you're looking. Sure. Um, 
He says, the house always seemed well kept in the film Psycho anyways. I really enjoy Vera's portrayal of Mother. The way is still got a lot of the Norma we love and miss, but can get even more terrifying, which makes more sense since it's Norman's projection of her, and she would always have seemed larger than life to the little boy when she got cross with him. I like that you can, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she was always larger than life to him. Right. And that, you know, we've always lamented, well, we've been lamenting since the season ended last, that we're going to miss this side of Norma. We won't get to see her, I'm guessing, maybe we will, see her um, interacting with other people like we're going to miss. But maybe we do. Maybe. Oh, that'll be so weird. (laughs) Okay. He says, uh, they still argue hilariously, they're still incestuously close, and they still hide bodies together. What's not to love? (laughs) Indeed. Okay, so it, I found okay. it. Um, so she says, Norman is living in a reality with Mother where everything is perfect and lovely as it always was when Norma was alive. In reality, however, he is living in a house that is physically a chaotic mess. We imagined him as a 10-year-old boy that got left home alone and tried to mimic what his mother did, but in a sort of half-assed 10-year-old boy fashion, as he was really interested in other things and didn't want to put all the effort into it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it sounds like maybe he wants to, but he just doesn't have the time. And since when he's in his Norman state, just going about his business, his mind sees everything perfect. I wonder if when he's Norma, he just, maybe it's just too realistic for him to look at the mess. Yeah. And clean it. Maybe. Or, I don't know, it, it's interesting. It is. It's an interesting choice, but it's visually very interesting. I love it visually, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love seeing it. Um, Daniel says, I love Mother's giant green apron tie. Me too. I know, that was very idyllic. <laughs> yep. Um, Norman seems even more off than usual in Freddie's performance, like a little twitchy or something in his interactions with Mother at the table. Maybe it has to do with how he is constantly switching back and forth between his split personalities. He and Mother are basically sharing a body now. Tuesday's good for you, honey? Well, sure, as long as I can have Friday. Well, then I get Sunday, Norman. You can't have all the best days. <laughs> okay, Mother. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, you've got a little fanfic going on here. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like the thought of him being twitchy because he's actually having the conversation with himself. Right. Although in the movie, he said Norma's part out loud. So far in the show, he just has a one-sided conversation. Right. That's what we've seen anyways. Right. I don't know if he progresses. I hope so. I think he will. Me too. Maybe that'd be fun. I think it's a downward spiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, we got a new addition to the Psycho family with Madeline Loomis, apparently the wife of the adulterous Sam. Will David Davidson turn out to be Sam Loomis himself <laughs> and the woman he takes to the motel shot carefully under the umbrella, Marion Crane? 
Resounding yes. Yep. I think. Uh, maybe Madeline Lewis will take the place of the Crane sister, giving the final showdown in the basement more of a dramatic climax with Norman attacking a girl he had started to fall for. That is, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's I because that makes that sense makes a to lot me. of sense. Mm-hmm. And so I read two Carrie Aaron interviews, and the other one was on TV Line, and I don't have that one pulled up. Um, but she did address, I think it was in this one, because I'm pretty sure that's all I read. And I remember hearing her talk about bringing Madeline Crane in, because when she'd watched the movie and hearing Sam talk and reluctant to leave his wife, she, I remember her just, maybe it was Carlton Cuse. I saw a little bit of him, he would list, he would talk to fans on Twitter uh-huh. during the airing. So someone, one of them said something. I'm sorry. I don't have the source. But whichever one it was, I'm pretty sure it was Carrie, and I'm pretty sure it was TV Line, said that she just thought there's more of a story there. Right. I mean, who is this woman that he's reluctant to leave? And so I think they kind of tried to create that. And it would make so much sense. And I didn't even think of that, Daniel. That's great insight. That she could be the one that ends up in the in what's the Crane sister? What's her name? Marion Crane. Oh, this is her Marion's sister. Oh. She has quite a part in well, her daughter has quite a part in Psycho Two. <laughs> right. Is it Psycho Two or Three? Mm. The nun story. That's three, isn't it? I think it? so. Okay, and I I believe that's that's the one where the daughter spoilers for Psycho Three <laughs> or two possibly <laughs> that Marion Crane's sister's daughter yeah that's the nun yeah gets kind of tangled up I don't remember the sister's name yeah but yeah no I bet you that's where they're going that is that is good a good thought yeah I it? like that so maybe she won't die. Maybe not. She's in trouble, though. <laughs> Mother's not happy. I know that much. <laughs> nope. She's a nice girl, and she's blonde. Um. Okay. He says, I know my opinion won't be popular around these parts, but please, please, let this be the season Alex Romero finally dies. <laughs> oh, no. Romero dying is totally popular for me. I just want it for a different reasons. He's, he's going to die. He's going to die, and I want it. Yeah, we're good I with just, it. Uh, I don't want him to die because I hate him. I want him to die because I love him. <laughs> and he needs to... He can't live without Norma. Nope. Nope, nope. Um, he can't live with the knowledge of what Norman has done uh, either. Uh, we're, man, we're in for some good times. He doesn't get to live a lonely life after this, knowing those facts. Yep. Knowing his wife was no. dug up by her son. I love him too much for that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, he says, I'm not sure I like checking in with Dylan, Emma, Baby, and Caleb still like this. They seem so 
far removed from the important stuff now, but I guess it's necessary setup. According to Carrie Aaron, 18 months have passed since the, since the end of season four. To me, that means we missed a lot of interesting stuff I might rather be watching. The cracks have already okay. started to show in Norman and Mother's marriage. Hey, that's right. Carrie's words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I read those. <laughs> Had we Maybe missed Norman's exact words? Oh, yeah? I didn't read the exact words, but I talked about how she looked at it like a marriage. Right. Um, and we missed Norman's loving and dutiful taxidermy of his dear mother. Not to mention the honeymoon. <laughs> I can hear your groans from here. <laughs> groans, Daniel. <laughs> also, has Norman still been attending his sessions with Dr. Edwards or not? And what are his thoughts on Norma's demise? Got the same thoughts there. <sighs> Except for missing their honeymoon, which there wasn't a death. I mean, there wasn't a marriage. Is this some sort of like honeymoon after a death? <laughs> just wondering <laughs> I just don't uh, I just can't think about it <laughs> I just can't yeah, go there and I don't think he taxidermied her as I've stated no I think she's just frozen if he did we have to have a flashback of it but yeah it's well there's no reason to keep her in the deep freeze like that if right. if she's taxidermied and you know no, there's no, I was going to say, maybe it's possible that Norman is still seeing Dr. Edwards, but I don't think it is. I don't think he is. I think it would have come up. Yeah. I mean, we still have nine We episodes. do. We do. So. Um, okay. He says, okay, stop. The scene of Norman masturbating feels so off to me. Think back to how classy the original Psycho kept it. We didn't have to deal with Anthony Perkins gyrating and panting while checking out Marion Crane through the peephole. There wasn't even anything sexy about what Norman was watching. It felt so gross and put a strain and put a strain on Norman's sympathetic status for me. Writer Carrie Aaron should be ashamed of that line. I'm just coming, Mother. I mean, really? Are you serious? The only way to save that would have been for Mother to follow up with in various chickiest tone. Well, come inside already, Norman. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Daniel. Oh, opportunity. I totally agree. It felt off for me, too. I've always looked at the character of Norman Bates as kind of asexual. Like, I can see him being like, sexually curious at what other people do, but not to the point of, like, masturbating to it. My only defense in this is that he did in the Psycho remake. Like the Vince Vaughn Norman Bates. Yeah, that's not canon. It is not. So, I... I also wonder if that is actually what Hitchcock had in mind. He just, and that's why I always thought that's why Gus Van Zandt did it because he thought that's what Perk or what Hitchcock would have done had he been able to at that time making Psycho. Maybe. I, I mean, I am not advocating for this. You know me, I right? <laughs> the less of that kind of stuff, the better for me. I just that's the only way I excused it. Yeah. In this is that I really felt. That it's possible. Maybe we can look into that. We could look into that. You know, because 
I have, I feel the same way. And I kind of thought the I'm coming line. I mean, I kind of like, ha ha. But I was like, ew. It, <laughs> it seemed, I don't know. It seemed a little. I'm definitely more in that camp. In your face. But. Yeah. Um, many people enjoyed it on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm now interested because I explained it away with, um, Gus, Gus Van Zandt doing it, just thinking, hmm, I wonder if that's kind of what Hitchcock really wanted to do or had in mind. So I'm going to. I might, I might look into that a little. Man, bit. it's possible, but I tend to think that if Hitchcock wanted to, he would have figured out a way to do it. Hmm. He was smarter than that, you know. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that just easily gave in to the censors and whatnot. Well, we all know he had a notoriously dirty mind. Right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. And we also know that he called Anthony Perkins masturbates. On set. He did because he thought he was a diva <laughs> and difficult to work with. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've always just kind of seen him the peephole stuff as just curiosity because he can't do it himself because of his mother. Curiosity, and I I saw it as being turned on though because it starts the trouble. And. Yeah, and he that's saw, fine to be turned on Marianne to Crane. it, but not to the point of like instantly whipping it out and starting to masturbate. That just seemed like really Agreed. whoa. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, they're fast. fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. It was a little off. Yeah. Um, but if he's talking about didn't see anything sexy about what Norma was wa- Norman was watching is. Are you talking about the movie psycho or the show? Because the movie psycho, doesn't he see her in her bra? Yeah. That just to me for a sixties movie, that was That was um, sexy. Sexy enough. Yep. That was We all know that this Norman has had a lot of experience. Right. And you know, experience with the ladies and I I'm pretty sure that's not canon for the movie Psycho at all. I don't think so. He's a lot more innocent and yeah, virginal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so seeing Marion Crane in her bra was probably like, you know, very thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Moving on. He says last thing. Norma's body. We get a sense that when Norman can't sleep, his delusion sort of fades away and he enters a state of partial self-awareness, though I guess he rationalizes it as a dream. From the film, though, I always assumed Norman just moved his mother's body around from him, from the bed to the kitchen to the couch, etc. Only in the yeah. third act does he carry her down to the fruit cellar to hide her. So if the show portrays it as Norman always keeping Norma down there, I'll be a little disappointed in the missed opportunities for morbid physical comedy. <laughs> a little weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I don't know. No, we, we already kind of went over this, but I kind of think we're still going to get the taxidermy. I hope so. I really do. So, because that part of the psycho, because we know she was in the bed and at the window. 
He did. He did carry her around. Oh, yeah. We saw those creepy shoes. Yeah, and instead of talking to Air, he talked to her court. Right. I think it's going to happen, Daniel. I just, yeah, I just feel like we're on a progression course, I think- and I don't know if he gets to that point. I feel like to really tie into the movie and stuff, he should, but I, I'm pessimistic that he gets the opportunity to get there. Yeah, I, I think he needs to ride that train into crazy town a little bit more. <laughs> And he'll get there. Yep. <laughs> I think he's just flailing right now. Like, I think that line between reality and unreality is, you know, going to fade fast. Hmm. Yeah, I just tend to think that he's going to get interrupted. Or that can happen. Yeah. Which makes me sad. Yeah. Because that's good stuff. It's good stuff. And that's creepy stuff. Good and creepy. Yep. Um, he says, all right, that's enough from me, from me for now. So glad to be back in my favorite motel. From the dream lover room, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. This next email is very exciting for us. It's uh, from Kansas City Carrie. Yay! Yay! We got an email from her during the break, and we were so excited that she was around again yep carrie was one of our couple very first listeners and very loyal feedback sender yes and she ran into some personal things which she actually gets into in this email and we lost her for a little while but she's back looks like she's back yay (laughs) and she's in room number nine and i know there was someone last season i'll have to find the email who asked if she could stay in room nine, and we were kind of like, I guess so. I guess we are. Yeah. But guess what? Whoever you are, nope, Carrie gets it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move you into a very comfortable place. Yes. She's Carrie's been convalescing. Yes. And she's ready to come back to her regular room, and she does get priority. Yeah. Okay. She says, hello, M. Sue Hotel and B&B guests. I hope I still have my regular room, number nine. I'm back. Sorry to be gone so long. I got lost looking for the pot fields I heard so much about in my time base. Oh, well. <laughs> They're burned. Um, I'm so glad to see your podcast still going strong. That's wonderful. I just hit the two-year mark of being cancer-free. I feel good and getting stronger every day. Woohoo! Oh, Woo-hoo! yay! Yay. Uh, did you all enjoy the first episode of Bates Motel? I did. I thought it was great. I loved last season, too. I like what they're doing, mixing the original movie with the show, like the Loomis character in the hardware store and the candy corn in the motel. (laughs) Yay! Dylan and Emma have a baby, and it was wonderful to see Caleb again. He and Norma Louise's relationship has been heartbreaking from the beginning, and I love that they got to have some closure. Yeah, me too. Uh... Okay, I have a problem with Dylan and Emma not telling Norma about the baby. There's no way Emma would keep that baby from her. That was the only problem I had with the episode. I'm dreading Caleb and Dylan learning that Norma's dead. I barely made it through that tragedy myself last season. That was so freaking sad. Poor Alex. Yeah. I... Yeah. I am guessing, knowing Emma... I bet she sent Norma a letter. 
That's interesting. I'm wondering if Emma's mama bear kind of... Or there's that. like There's just that thing where when Emma and... I mean, I know that Emma loves Norma. I really know she does. But I also know that dating Norman really opened her eyes to how controlling and crazy Norma is. Right, true. And I'm guessing that through their relationship the past two-ish years, she's caught a lot more from Dylan. She knows a lot about everything. And I'm wondering if... After having a baby, her mama bear just kind of kicked in and said, "You know what, Dylan? You're probably right. Let's let sleeping dogs lie." Getting Norma back into our lives with this baby could be a huge mistake that I'm not willing to shake right now. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Those are my feelings. I can see on some level thinking. Wow, you're right. She could never keep this baby from Norma. Because she really, truly does love her and all that. But I also wonder, you never know. You can have some really strong, weird feelings when you become a mom. True. And that mothering instinct, I could see it kicking in and kind of being like, stay away from Norma at all costs. She's crazy town, and I'm happy. Yeah, I can see it going both ways. I can see her doing that, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we find out maybe she at least popped a letter in the mail letting her know that they're expecting a baby and then doesn't hear a thing, and that pisses her off, you know? Yeah. Um, Interesting line from Caleb that he saw the pictures of the baby on Facebook. Yes. The fact that Emma is posting on Facebook non-privately that someone like Caleb, who, I don't know, maybe she was friends with him, but... I get a feeling, like no. It sounds talking. like he was, like, yeah. Facebook stalking her. Yeah, so he was able to see them. It's She couldn't be that shut down and protective. Right. And she could be, like, going, wow, Norma has probably checked my Facebook page and sees these baby pictures and isn't calling me, you know? Very true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I hope they go a little bit into this. I hope we, I think they will. I think they will too. You know, it'll be interesting how they do this. This episode was definitely nothing but set up. Oh yeah. Which we needed it. But yep. we've got way more to come. Yep. This really was a lot of setup. Um, they had a lot to set up, too. They do. <laughs> uh, she says, I would have liked to have seen Chick. I guess they are saving him for next week. Yeah. they. I really miss not seeing him this time. But loses, we're going to get Chick. Loses the point. <laughs> no Chick. Yep. He will keep Norman's secret. But no killing Caleb. I'm afraid that Chicken Norman will kill Caleb. No. Well, Carrie, you're a lot more... uh, Pro-Caleb. Yeah, than I would have expected. 
Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think she was kind of pro-Caleb, because it was season three was the last one that we heard from her, I think, and Carrie. I just don't remember quite as well. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a while, and I know she sent something like, I'm sorry I missed the season, but this is going on. Yeah. Cancer. <laughs> um, She got cancer during, I think it was either during the second or third season when Carrie got yeah. cancer. And kind of had to drop off for a little while. But we did hear from her, I think, at the end of the season or something. I think it was season three, and I don't think she liked it very much. Yeah, I remember being shocked that she didn't like it, because I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, a little pro-Caleb there. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I feel a little more sympathetic towards him than Sue does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can eat a stupid face. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also not... Um, I'm not afraid for him to die. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, there's so much more I'm forgetting to talk about, but I wanted to get my comment card out to you ASAP. Wasn't that quickie recap amazing? I really liked how they did that. Yeah, that was fun. Almost like comic book drawings sometimes. I didn't watch the recap. Oh. And it was, it was, um, Narrated by Nestor Carbonell. Oh, cool. And he sounded... He didn't have Romero voice, is all I can say. But I just recognized his voice. Ugh. I think it was fairly obvious, but I could also not be surprised if some people didn't ke- pick up on it, that it was Nestor. Did he do his Batmanuel voice? <laughs> Batmanuel. From the show The Tick? Oh. <laughs> he's, he's Batman well. <laughs> no idea. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I'm here for the season, and I can't wait for next week. Take care and chill your own ass, Carrie. We're so glad you're here for this oh, season, Oh, so happy that you're back, Carrie. And Carrie is the one that came up with the chill your own ass. Chill your own ass. That's right. <laughs> we all love that I so know. much. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and when I had wanted a, some sort of sign-off, and Carrie ended one of her emails with that, and I was like, that's it! <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, so good to hear from you, Carrie. So excited that you're with us for this season. Yep. Um, our next one's from Vicki, and she says, Hi, Sue and Emily. I really like Freddie's accent from the preview show. <laughs> it's always fun to hear yep. Freddie talk in his own accent. And we also got a little uh, Olivia Cook's oh. Oh, yeah. She's real accent also. That's right. Which I'm still befuddled why she doesn't just have... I, I She grew up I in don't England. I get why they have an English actress with an English father on the show that has an English accent. And she, and she grew accent. up in why? England. <laughs> Why did they make that so choice? Weird. I mean, she has a beautiful American accent. I buy it hook, line, and sinker. But why? Yeah, it's weird. So weird. It's really weird. A strange choice. Um, Vicky says, Romero's looking great. I can't believe his parole was turned down. All he did was commit perjury. I know that is bad, but I wonder what excuse they used to deny his parole. It just seems like they're doing this to delay Romero from physically coming after Norman. 
What do you guys think of that? Yeah. I think that uh, little blurb about him saying he's a crooked cop and that his lawyer, that was his lawyer, right? I'm thinking it was, yeah. They're, you know, they talk about how they're making an example out of him and that they're not surprised. I just chalk it totally up to that. Yeah, just the crooked cop thing. I don't know. I don't know jail politics like that, you know? Yeah. But that, I can buy that, that he's a they're like, you're a crooked cop. We're going to make an example out of you. We're going to give you the whole five years. That's the top we can do for what you did. So if he's been in for 18 months and he says that he's got two more years, so he must appeal and get out because there's, there's no way there's going to be another two-year jump. Is there? Wait, is there? I don't know. Another two-year jump would actually be great. Well, I saw, I swear, I saw a photo of Dylan and Emma with, like, what looked like a three- or four-year-old girl. Oh, wow. And I was like... See, that could give us our little cushion of, of what we want. taxidermy and stuff. Taxidermy and using her voice when he talks. Yeah, because I saw that picture of Dylan and Emma with, like, a little toddler, and I was like, whoa, how oh, how long is this time jump? And their parents, what? <laughs> you know? Is that a spoiler? Do not kill those two. Is that a spoiler? (laughs) I I never saw it, so I don't know. We could chalk it up to maybe, or maybe Sue's seeing weird stuff. Maybe. Maybe it was just an onset (laughs) candid shot, and that was just not just a little kid visiting. Well, I know Dylan, (laughs) or what's his name? Max. Massett. Max Terrio. Uh Yeah. That he actually has a daughter. Okay, maybe it was his real daughter. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> Me too. Oh, the wonders of season one. I know. Vicky <laughs> <laughs> um, says, when Norman was talking to Mrs. Loomis in the motel's parking lot, I saw someone doing something in the background by the motel doors. Did they have a maid in season four? I don't remember them having one. No, they did not. Do they have one now? Who else could that be? It was someone doing something to the property. It was. Just, I can't imagine he'd hire someone with all the secrets he needs. To it was just guests. I thought. I thought it was like a little family or something. It was, yeah, I, he's not going to have an employee. No way. So yeah, I think it was just a guest that you were seeing. Yeah. He's busy. I know. It's busy. He probably should have a maid. Busier than I thought. Way busier. Did you look through his guest register? Yes. I was noticing that there's like almost every day there's about three guests checking in. I was like, what the heck? I Maybe they do have a maid. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, because that's a lot of work. And maybe that explains why he doesn't have a lot of time for housework. Even Head Norma doesn't have a lot of time for housework. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think of that. Um, she says that guy who said his name is David Davidson was the worst made up name <laughs> so obvious <laughs> I have a feeling that he is Mr. Loomis I remember that name from Psycho but can't place the Loomises okay I think we've already discussed that probably so Vicky now knows yep. Mr. Loomis was the Marion Mary Crane's yeah. lover yeah. Um, and I think the Sam doing the David Davidson was he did it very cheeky. I think he wanted Norman. Oh yeah, you know 
he was not making out the fact that he was getting a hotel room for a quick right. Norman knew it, he knew Norman knew it, and he kind of was just kind of a dick. Just kind of a douche, just like, yeah. okay, David Davidson, you know, okay, you got a name. I gave you cash, you got a name (laughs) on there, I gave you cash. Yeah. See ya. (laughs) Give me the key. Um, He says, the character's dialogue seems forced in the premiere, which leads them and the story to certain directions. I know that this is how the stories work, but it was very obvious in the premiere. I hope I don't sound like Krabby in this email. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she puts a couple smiley faces and a, and a and thumbs, thumbs up. up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you sounded Krabby till that last. And we don't care if you sound Krabby. No. I, I didn't catch that, though. It didn't feel forced to me. No, I didn't either. But yeah, definitely leading in directions. That's what they need to do. But I thought they did it well and seamlessly, pretty much. I thought so. I mean, a lot of times when it's a setup episode like this, it's just there is going to be some forced dialogue that just comes yeah. with the territory. Wait, is there a second one from Vicky? Yeah. Should we read that one? There's a second one from Norm, from uh, Harold, too. So I guess we'll just read the second ones when we get to Okay. Them. We probably should have done it. Back <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even go through these at all before we started. <laughs> um, okay, well, thanks, Vicki. And we will hear from you again shortly. <laughs> yes, we will. We move on to Kim. Says, hi, Em and Sue. The first thing I noticed was the lingerie. OMG, does he really wear that? Oh, please, I, we, we hope so. We're, we're crossing our fingers. I, that's all I can say. We're crossing our fingers. <laughs> I don't have a good feeling about Madeline Loomis at the hardware store. I have a feeling she'll be at the bottom of the pond real soon. Was there a character in another season named Loomis? The name seems familiar. Or maybe... From the <laughs> <laughs> Again, we've, we've covered it. I think we've covered that. For all Norman's problems, he has been doing a good job running the motel. He's had a lot of names in the register and has money to paint and buy new shower curtains. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we just discussed it. His, his hotel business seems great for this bypass problem. Yep. Whatever he's doing, keep doing it, Norman. Um, 38... And some change for three paint samples. Yeah. What the bip? Well, did you see that hardware store? That's not an Ace hardware. I know. <laughs> That's a restoration hardware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just thought, man, I would hate to see the bill for like painting the whole place if three paint samples are $38. I know, because I buy those paint samples and they're like yeah. five bucks. Uh huh. Yeah. That's Home Depot, though. True. Which is not. The big box stores are not popular in White Pine Bay. But, and I suppose her hardware business might be doing great for this, like, Organic pig farm. Artesian. Pot. <laughs> Artesian. <laughs> <laughs> kind of town. But still. Yep. 
says, oh, and new shower curtains buying in bulk for a motel. That's not too much. No. You can get a new shower curtain at Ikea for four bucks. Looking forward to hearing your observations, Kim, in the candy corn room. Thanks, Kim. Candy corn! <laughs> Wait, I was the one reading that one. Was yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a... Yep. So... Okay. Thanks, Kim. And it was awesome to actually see candy corn. Justifies the name of the room. It sure does. All right. So our next one is an audio one from Matt A. Yay, I haven't listened to this. I'm excited. Me neither. These are always fun. Hey, Yes Butter Podcast. It is Matt with feedback for the... It is so nice to check back into the B&B for another season of Bates Motel. Do we check into the B&B and the motel every season and then check out during the hiatus, or do we inhabit these places full-time? Please explain how our shared delusion is supposed to be. <laughs> okay, so the premiere. Uh, obviously, I love that Norma is just as much a presence as she was during her actual life, and that Norman hasn't distorted her personality like the way he wants to see her. She is just as passive-aggressive as we left her, and I love it, because that's my favorite thing about Norma, is just how passive-aggressive she is. I thought it was strange that Austin Nichols played that guest at the motel. He's not exactly an actor that everyone knows, but he was John from Cincinnati, so it was kind of strange that he would just appear in such a brief scene and then kind of disappear. So I'm going to guess that he will play a larger role in this season. I mean, yes, I he will. go on the internet and look at casting spoilers, but I'm not going to bother. Well, you Emma spoiled. are so cute. <laughs> I do not want them to come back to White Pine Bay because they will be murdered if they do, and then that adorable little infant will be an orphan. Mm-hmm. I loved Emma telling Funkel that he cannot be, you know, like, thanks for the surgery. Like, you saved my life, and I really appreciate it, and I'll never forget it. Like, you, you gave me something that I never thought I would have. Please get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so that was entertaining, I guess. They don't know that Norma's dead, which seems really strange, because someone went to jail right for her murder. Like, Romero's in jail. So, and, and Norman's going around telling people that he's, uh... He he lives alone, that his mother's dead, so how does Dylan and Emma not know that Norma's dead? At least that, that's that's the vibe I got when, when he was telling Funkel that he um, doesn't talk to them anymore. So, so yeah, not too much happened in this one. Uh, kind of a slow start to the season, but that's okay. I'm sure we're ramping up to some good stuff. I just like seeing everybody back. Oh, wait, is Romero in prison because they think he murdered Norma or because... He uh, did all that shady sheriff business. The I, latter. I don't remember. See, I don't watch the show five times a year like you guys. <laughs> Yay, I'm so happy that you're back. Um, reminder for everyone, we have board game nights every Wednesday night at the B&B. I always bring the brownies. <laughs> uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Um, yes, that is exactly why the sheriff is in jail. Just for perjury. Nothing about... Yeah, nothing about 
the um, the death of Norma. He's doing five years for telling a cop he didn't have a personal relationship with that stupid woman from last season. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that lady was so out to get him. Yes. Remember what was the stick up her butt? Stick up <laughs> her butt Romero. Lady. Yes, and it was named Romero. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so I think they did the perfect setup. And since you didn't watch this five times like us, they did the perfect setup for Dylan not knowing Norma's dead, is that he got a new phone line. He left for Seattle. Norman told him not to call him and that he and Norma had a major falling out. He didn't agree with the way she was coddling Norman when he should be in a mental institution. He decided that was just too much to, you know, he loved. He found a way out and he took it. And he knew Norma was toxic. He knew Norma and Norman together were toxic. And he just, he wanted, he wanted a relationship with Norman. He called him after Norma had died. Norman didn't tell her that Norma had died. But Norman did say, you know, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think I'm going to call you. Don't call here. Right. Well, there was a horrible scene last season when she picked Norman over him when he wanted the earring. Yeah. Or she wanted the earring. and Yeah. So, and, you know, it's been 18 months. That's a long time, but not a huge amount of time, especially since you get the idea in the past, they've gone more than 18 months without talking. Yeah. And Dylan's been busy. He's gotten a new job, a promotion. His Emma got pregnant. They had a baby. He's doing his own thing. He totally is. And... I think he cut himself off, not just from Norma, but just the. I think he went into, like we said, a Seattle bubble and cut himself off from. I mean, he doesn't chat with Chick. He doesn't chat with Caleb. Uh -uh. He's just in his bubble. He made a new life for himself with Emma, and he's out of the drug trade. He's a father. Yeah, he's he's just like nope. You know, this is my life now. He's got a freaking ten-speed bike with a little. child carrier on it you saw it twice and i wanted to believe it was emma's bike that she can like actually Uh, go for bike rides with her daughter but it was a male bike obviously Mm. i just thought oh that's so cute she can do stuff like that now with her lungs but yeah Yeah. it's it's dylan's bike maybe she has one but we only saw dylan's twice so. I also I like to think that they go for family bike rides. I like to think Dylan that too. And the baby. <laughs> <laughs> In Emily's head cannon, that's what's happened. We just didn't see her bike. <laughs> it's getting repaired. She crashed. <laughs> it was, or maybe they only have one bike lock, or or room in their garage for one. <laughs> so he keeps his inside and on the balcony. Oh, the fan fiction. Um, which I forgot to write I promised fan fiction uh, and I was going to write some but I did not but I promise I will nice I got to write the fan fiction for the ones that don't accept this as the reality yep 
Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it my turn or your turn? Um, I think it's fine because you, yeah. Yeah, because we're back. We're on Vicky's second one. Okay. And so she says, hi, Sue and M. I was rethinking my feedback I just left about Dark Paradise in the previous email. Do you think I was too mean? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, Whatever your thoughts were, you didn't come across really pissed off. No, not at all. (laughs) Or disparaging on the show. Uh -uh. Um, It was my first impression about the episode. I don't want you guys to think I'm a Debbie Downer. (laughs) 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 I guess I felt it didn't really feel like a season premiere. I'm with you there because... Yesterday at work, you know, I work with Elisa, and we both kind of went, you know, that for a season premiere, it wasn't like the exciting episodes that we usually get. No, and especially, remember how exciting last year yeah. was? It it was definite setup, like I've said, and right. maybe not that exciting or pleasurable to watch, honestly, but we've been without Bates for so long. I ate it up anyway. Sure. Oh, absolutely. It's a good, solid episode, but for it a was. season premiere, it wasn't exciting. Bates does a lot more exciting, but man, they are in wrap up. You know. Yeah, I just I know they're going to make up for it. I yes. know that. I mean, last season wasn't it like the first four episodes. You and I were like, this momentum's got to stop somehow. <laughs> you know, it yeah, wouldn't stop. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, the first episode ended with him killing Emma's mom. Right, right. Uh, While Norma was proposing to Romero. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Um, but no, your feelings are very valid, Vicky. Um, oh, yeah. You're not the only one that feels that way. She says, it felt like an episode just to move the plot along. So I was frustrated by it. Well, that's exactly what it was. It was, and it just didn't happen to frustrate me. Yeah. Um, she says, I just looked at Wikipedia and it says two years have passed. Uh, now I wonder if he has ever seen Dr. Edwards during this time. That wasn't touched on, was it? And if he wasn't, I wonder why. I wonder if Dr. Edwards knows that Norma is dead. Yep. All of our thoughts. All of our thoughts. Still going with there's a good chance I think Dr. Edwards is dead. Hmm. Um, she says, oh, well, I could go on, but I want to see what you guys say. I read that committing perjury has a sentence of, of up to five years in federal prison and fines, but it was mentioned in Google that perjury is lying under oath. Romero lied on the phone, not under oath. So I'm not sure how Romero's trial went and who was his attorney and if he had one. LOL. <laughs> Thanks for reading my emails. Um, Harold maybe could give us a little more insight. Well, I he remember Harold pointing last out season. last year when this happened that perjury is also lying to a federal agent. Right. So I think you can... It doesn't necessarily have to be under oath. Right. So I... There's that combined with the stick in. up the butt, no. combined with his crooked coppery, I think they were just able to just nail him to the wall right. as best they could. Yep. So, so, yeah, I think there's more than one way to commit perjury. Definitely while you're like in a courtroom under oath, but also to an FBI agent, which I was not aware of until Harold pointed that out last year. So, 
And I would assume in most cases that um, it would never stand go yeah go this far no. but with his history and stuff it did yep. um he did point out harold pointed out last year i remember that this is why martha stewart went to prison that's right that was lying to was lying to federal agent that's what they actually got her on did they not get her on i insider trading? i don't think she did uh-uh. they just got her online yep. okay so they made an example out of Martha. Well, Stewart. I think that's. I think she pled. Like I think she. They. Took. They didn't. Yeah, she did a like a plea deal. Okay. So she. It kind of protected her empire, <laughs> and all the money she made by. <laughs> in <Yes. practice. laughs> Yeah, so I think they dropped the insider trading charge if she was willing to plead guilty to lying and doing like six months or whatever she did. So interesting. So, but thanks, Vicky, and don't worry about it. You did not sound like you hate. I didn't even know that you were afraid that you sounded like you hated the episode (laughs) because I did not get that vibe. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, now we have Harold's follow-up. He says, I had two duh moments after sending in my feedback. <laughs> you got to awesome. love those. <laughs> love them. One, I thought I was saying something interesting when I wrote that both Dylan and Norman were each in an almost perfect version of heaven. So I thought it was interesting. But of course, I hadn't paid attention to the title of the episode, Dark Paradise, which basically sums up my idea in two <laughs> <laughs> Another pun. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking whether David Davidson, this is number two, could hear the phone ring in the office and Norman's conversation when, of course, it all was happening in Norman's head. <laughs> oh, yeah. It isn't, do you think the phone actually rang? No, I guess it wouldn't. No. Have. Of course it didn't. So we, <laughs> that's our dumb moment, too. That's our dumb moment. <laughs> I'm like, I would have had to go through the... Embroidery would have muffled the sound. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting to realize that Norman either was feeling guilty or realized that Mother would not like what he was doing. Oh, for sure. Yep. That was totally Mother calling him out for doing some Norman time. <laughs> um, anyway, I have to go. Juno is getting antsy. To go for a walk. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, Harold, do you actually walk the stuffed fur to make Norman happy? Oh, I love it. Or do you walk the actual dog? Oh, that's funny. Just wondering. <laughs> okay, and we do have some Twitter feedback, um, which I don't have this person's name. They're just known as... Um, they're just known as me taco. <laughs> well, it's me and a little uh, taco emoji. Um, that's at Bates fanatic. She or he uh, just, it looks like they typed their feedback and then took a picture of it and sent it to us nice. on Twitter, <laughs> which is great. You could also send us a message through Twitter if you'd like to do that in the future. Me taco. Can I call you me, Taco? <laughs> um, anyway, that's 
we are we have our messaging open. So if you want to do it that way, or you can do this. It's totally up to you. Both work. Okay. Hi, Sue and M, longtime stalker, first time feedbacker. Yay. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to go about this, so I'm going to start with some bullet points, stray observations for my first go around. That works just fine for us, as you probably noticed. Yep. If you're a longtime stalker. Okay. Dilemma are married and they have a freaking baby girl. Protect them at all costs. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and Dylan's reaction to Norma's death is going to break me. Ugh. Mother is so multifaceted, and I'm completely captivated by her already. Vera is just on a whole other level, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Give her all the awards, damn it. <laughs> we agree. Can you hear my dog's nightmare? Uh-uh. Simone is really going to town. <laughs> oh, how funny Buddy was just a few minutes ago. <laughs> um... I am so ready for all the Batman Romero badassery. Oh, man, he is so going to Batman it up. So excited. He seems on the verge of Batman just like constantly right now. Oh, he is. He is strengthening up, hitting that punching bag. He is getting ready. He's going to kick some Norman ass. <laughs> He's residing in a permanent state of Batman Romero yes. just to kill Norman. It's amazing. Yep. All in the name of Norma, which I love. Uh-huh. Um, on a side note, Nestor Carvanel um, tweeted some photos of his hands after doing that scene. He said, You shouldn't punch a punching bag after just taping your hands. Oh, no. They look terrible. It looked awful. Oh, he was punching it so hard. I know. <laughs> he that guy. He he brings it. Um. Okay. So she says, "I'm just assuming it's a woman." I'm so apologize if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm in the minority here, but I don't want Caleb dead, and I'll be sad when Norman kills him. Huh. You and Carrie. Yep. Um, you got some. You got some people on your side. I was really surprised by the two-year time jump. Kind of disappointed because there's been no news of Damon returning as Doctor Edwards. Oh no, he's dead. <laughs> I figured he'd find out about Norma's death and confront Norman. I'm curious to see how they explain his absence. <laughs> Worst hitman ever. That's where I read <laughs> that on Twitter. <laughs> Yes, totally concur. Um, David Davidson, LOL. That's all for now. All right, thank you, me taco. Okay, are you doing Mallory, or I forgot, or am I? Um, I guess I will, since we just kind of go back and forth, and Harold was Oh, yeah, who ended things, and that was me? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I will... Go ahead and one that came in from Mallory. And she says, Hey, Sue and M. I'm super excited to be able to send my feedback in late, so thank you. Oh, how I have missed you two laughing. It's my favorite part of the podcast. Aw. Aw, that's nice. I just read that review. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. She says, all right, wow, what an awesome premiere. 
I wasn't quite sure how mentally prepared I was to see dead Norma after all those promos, but it was perfect. Can we talk about the writing for a minute? Mother is phenomenal. It is so cool to see Norman's warped version of her. The writers have really blown me away. Anyone that quit the show last season should really be watching it. Yes, our Norma is gone, but this mother character is exactly what they needed to tie it back to Psycho, which is where the show is derived from. And as much as I miss Norma, mother is hysterical. When she grabbed Norman's ear, it's so twist, so much twisted fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it sounds like Mallory kind of, like what we were talking about earlier, how we can kind of see this head mother becoming the mother that we know in the movie, you know? The hideous yeah. shrew. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Um... She says, okay, so Romero, though, he looks so hot punching Norman. I mean the punching bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quick question, though. Is he serving three years for lying about Rebecca? (laughs) That seems a bit (laughs) over the top. If so, maybe I'm wrong. But I didn't think they had him on anything else. Uh, No, Mallory, it's actually five years, apparently. (laughs) And, yeah, that's what he's in for. We've we've discussed it, and yeah. it's uh, it's pretty lame. Pretty lame. Um, she says. Anyways, I love that he has the picture from the festival hanging in his cell, because it's truly the only picture they would have had together. Oh. Mm. And he is still trying to avenge Norma's death from behind bars. I hope he isn't in there for the duration of the season, though. I don't yeah. think so. No, that just seems like such a waste of Batman Romero. No way. Yeah, they've got plans for him. Yeah, something's going to happen. Charges are going to get dropped. Something, Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So I was going to investigate that FBI woman, DEA woman or whatever she was that put him behind bars. and mm. Yeah, something's going to happen. I'm going to guess the fourth episode he's out. Yeah, I think he's going to be in there the first two or three, for sure. Um, She says, I know we have to have the Emma and Dylan storyline, but with everything going on in Pineview, it was kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Emma would even be cleared from doctors to have a baby so shortly after having a lung transplant. Yeah, I don't think a doctor would have cleared her. I think it just happened, like they said. <laughs> yep, and you know... Her body, her choice, I guess. <laughs> she may have defied, you know, their... Yeah, when she was man, pregnant. Organ transplants, that is something that takes a long time to recover from. True, but I guess... And a long time for your body to, like, officially accept. <laughs> yeah, and it'd be really scary to go through the pregnancy. I don't know. Plus, I don't know anything about it, but I know they have to take a lot of pills and... Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a shusher thing, or maybe... Uh, well, yeah, it's a little shishy. <laughs> um, uh, she says, but whatever. Caleb is going to die, and sooner rather than later would be great. Yay, Mallory is on my side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am too. <laughs> I just don't have as much... That's true. ...vitriol for him as you do. Yeah. She says, I can't stand him. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, she's got that spoiler sense. Is that something we should keep to the spoilers, or it doesn't seem that spoilery to me? Yeah, let's not say it. It'll go into some stuff. Oh, oh, is that okay? Oh no, is that what I think it is? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you didn't. Oh. I didn't see the upcoming the preview. Right. And I was like, what is that, a duck? Okay, I don't want to think about that. Um, okay. I says, don't think he gets it because of it, though. Oh, okay. But we'll discuss it. Okay. Uh, she says, and Norman, poor Norman. Thank God he is able to create this other life in his head because that house is the scariest freaking place in the world. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a creepy house. And then uh, to think there's like the corpse has been there for a year and a half now. <laughs> just, oh, I know. Uh, when he goes down to that cold cellar and just lays on her lap. So who knows? So he knows he's dead deep down, but he doesn't want to believe it. So he is creating this other life where she is just claiming to be dead, correct? Uh, yeah. Pretty, yes. Pretty much. When he, when he he is able to talk to people in town and stuff about his dead mother because she's faking her death, right? Which is a departure from the psycho movie, but not a real big detail. No, but it kind of makes it make sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense that. You know, he does talk, talk to people that she's dead, but that doesn't mean he believes it. That means she's dead. She and him wink, have wink. a little secret. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, she says that dinner scene was wonderful. They have the most intense dinners ever. I can't wait for more. They do have some pretty good dinner scenes. <laughs> so many good scenes on the dinner yeah. table. <laughs> Uh, she ends with, anyways, this was long, and I'm sure I'm missing tons of things, but you two always do a great job on recap episodes, so I'm sure you will talk about things I missed. So glad to be back in Pineview. It's actually White Pine Bay. Pineview was the, uh... <laughs> You're in Pineview, Mallory. Was in. <laughs> I was thinking it was the city, too, and then I'm like, wait a second. That <laughs> That's not too- right. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Mallory, we're sorry to hear you're in Sorry Pineview. to hear you're in Pineview. <laughs> Say hi to Dickie for us. We miss him. <laughs> More Dickie. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Mallory. Thanks, Mallory. Is Mallory in a room? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. I'm sure she is. Alright. Oh, now our last feedback is from our sister cat. You may know from the B&B. She's always at the games. and She and Iggy go on adventures. Right. Oh, Iggy. We didn't hear from Iggy. Must be busy. Oh, yeah. That's right. Hi, Iggy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Kat says, Well, I don't know if I've ever been so excited for a season premiere to air. And Dark Paradise did not disappoint. First, what a great title. A title worthy of the weird little universe that Norman has created for himself and Norma. Living with his dead mother, with whom he bickers constantly. But they get to sleep in the same bed again. (laughs) (laughs) 
he is very aware of the fact that she is dead and that he has blackouts and that there is something very wrong with both of them. He keeps her trapped in the house because the world can't know that she's pretending to be dead. Apparently, she can leave the house when it serves Norman's purposes, i.e. to kill the hitman that Romero sent to kill Norman. Like the title suggests, there are many contrasts to reality and what is happening in Norman's head. For instance, the house, the way the house looks, sorry, for instance, the way the house truly looks versus the way Norman imagines it, my heart just sank the first time I saw the house fade into reality after the first breakfast scene. So sad. Probably the saddest contrast, though, is between Norman and Romero. Here, Norman is a killer, still actively killing, completely free to live his life, fractured as it is. And Romero is in prison. This has got to be just torture for Romero. Yeah. Oh, man. The Um, anger that man must feel is just unfathomable to me. Oh, yeah. Can you... Oh, he just hates Norman so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, it's going to be so amazing when he's out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, it's interesting that Norma says she's pretending to be dead so that Norman can have this life. She's protecting him and it's working. But she also kind of throws that in her fa- in his face. <laughs> Makes him feel guilty for it. She's forcing him to feel the guilt that he absolutely deserves to feel for killing her and surviving. Kind of a survivor's guilt thing. This arrangement has them both completely trapped. She reminds him that he can't have anyone else in his life because what would he do without her? Put her in the closet? I love the introduction of the hardware store owner who just who looks just like Norma. I love how it's been one and a half to two years since Norma died and Dylan, Emma, and Caleb have no idea. And yay, a baby! How cute are they? <laughs> They're pretty cute. I got mega creeped out when Norma suddenly appears behind the car while Norma's Norman's backing out. Ooh, me too. Yeah, that was creepy. It's odd how Norman can reconcile the strange dream he's in. One moment he's interacting with Norma like she's alive, but then the next moment he can go downstairs and talk to her corpse. I guess that's part of what makes his a dark paradise. Yep. Well, thanks, Cat. Glad you got some got some feedback in. Yeah, I always like Cat's feedback. There's always a little air of cat to them. I don't know. <laughs> oh, totally. She just has her own little style. She does. She we does. love you, cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's always pretty insightful and yeah, I like the way she thinks. Yeah, me too. So, so yeah. Alright. Awesome feedback. That was a lot of feedback. That was. So glad to have everybody back. Cat is in the little teapot room, if I remember correctly. Cat is in the little teapot room. Oh, that was so fun watching that scene in my rewatch. Oh my gosh. I, I knew we had a little teapot room, but I just totally forgot about the little song. So I cute. didn't get to it yet. Oh. Because that's in season two, right? Is that? I think so. Yeah, I only got through season one. I did get her birds, like, the morning after Romero, like, <laughs> this is how the story's going to go, you know? <laughs> and she wakes up Norma, like, opens out the curtains, like, I love the birds, and then she, like, kicks her leg and whistles. <laughs> 
Still can't hear me? What is going on? You're not on mute, are you? I was on mute. <laughs> oh my gosh, Emily. Well, you know what? It turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> I can't believe we're like... <laughs> It's not like we're just starting out podcasting. <laughs> How did that not occur to me to look? 
I don't know. I think it's because I expect Armageddon every time we record. I know, right? Yeah. 